I do think that politics probably lags culture in in some in most respects. On the other hand, it can, it can add fuel to like the fire if that makes sense. Lincoln on Lincoln, the podcast on 13th and Lincoln, talking about things on 23rd and Lincoln. I'm your host, Curtis Sheldon, joined with my co-host, Ryan Haney, and our producer, Lindsay McSparren. Ryan, how you feeling after last night? Excellent. Yeah. For those that don't know, we had uh, the Liberty Gala OCPA's event down in Tulsa, where we had Rod Dreher, who's on the podcast last week as the guest speaker. Pretty good event. A little tired, but long day. I think yeah, it, it well. was a long day. I, you know, I hate to disparage our own podcast, but how is this how is this episode possibly going to live up to what we did last week with Rod? I mean I don't wanna say it won't, but you know, low expectations. We'll set them early and we, that's we'll right. We'll over them. we will under promise and over deliver. Right, that's what we're that's what we're doing. I will admit I'm a little sad today. So a big lifelong St. Louis Cardinals fan. Um oh, gosh. Like, are baseball. We talk about baseball. Of course we are. <laughs> the well, the wild card game was last night, uh during the dinner. I caught like the last half of it on the way home back from Tulsa to OKC. Ended up losing bottom of the ninth on a walk-off home run. Oh, sheesh. So, a now bit are, bummed. Are the Cardinals in that division where there's like a couple teams that all won over 100 games? Yeah, so and... we had to face the defending champion Los Angeles Dodgers yeah. who won 106 games and ended up in the wild card because the San Francisco Giants had 107. So, that was fun. Game a game, though. I mean, it was one-to-one going to the ninth and then... Boom. I am embarrassingly ignorant of baseball. Uh, don't the Dodgers have a pitcher who's like from Tulsa? Like um, a really good one? Maybe. I actually don't know. I don't know where most of the guys end up being from. Oh, really? Yeah. I know the guy that pitched last night's from St. Louis, Matt Scherzer, who's oh, okay. insane and so talented. But Okay. Well, I thought they did. I thought They might. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't keep up, up enough with other teams. Like I watch most Cardinals games, but... I'm not super plugged into like MLB as a whole, as I, at least as like I used to be back in do high you, school. Do you have history in St. Louis or in Missouri? No, my dad uh, grew up in like Southern Illinois, so it was either Cardinals or Cubs for him, oh, and yeah. he wisely chose the Cardinals. So, I, thankfully for me, I get to not have to break a hundred year curse. Okay, which would have been fun, I suppose. But yeah, I'll take my second most World Series championships behind the Yankees and the Cubs. Yeah, but isn't it a pretty? Isn't it pretty like? significant drop off after the Yankees I mean maybe yeah <laughs> I feel like it's <laughs> like half I feel like I saw that uh, the it was something like the in the first 100 years of the World Series the Yankees had won like 25% of yeah the Cardinals have 11 in their second yeah so that tells you anything interesting well yeah. what, do, what do we want to talk about today yeah well, I think in something you mentioned as well I think it kind of ties into some of the stuff that we heard from Rod last night as well um, just the idea of the political discourse maybe the lack thereof of a civil discussion, which has been happening for a long time, but it just seems like it's ramped up the last few years. Yeah. Well, you know, this is, this is a podcast dedicated to, you know, Oklahoma issues specifically, but uh, you'd have to be living under a rock, I think, um, to see or to, to not have seen what's been going on kind of at the national level. Um, over this past weekend, there was a video that came out with some 
uh, activists who followed Kristen Cinema, the senator from Arizona, into a bathroom. Um, and now it's, you know, they're harassing her at the airport. It's like there's no part of her life where she's free from harassment. Right. Uh, You're the lawyer here, by the way, so I'm going to ask you a question. Is it, isn't it illegal to take a video inside of a public restroom is that not that's a great question i i don't know you know what the law is in in arizona frankly i don't even know what that the law is here in oklahoma Mm -hmm. uh, with respect to videoing someone in a bathroom it wouldn't shock me i mean we've got something like two thousand felonies i only asked that because i I heard there was a a big time streamer who was kind of goofing off and ended up it was doing like a kind of a live stream sort of thing and ended up following himself into the bathroom Ooh. and he got in big trouble because there's just random people, you know, oh, going to the bathroom. Well, and sure. He's like doing this bit and didn't do it on purpose, but it was this huge thing for a few days. Like, what's he doing? There was like a kid in there. It's like, what are you doing, man? Oh yeah. That's messed up. Yeah. Super awkward. But yeah, I just, you know, and this is not just happening on the left. I mean, there, this, you know, I, so you know, another thing that's come out recently is the DOJ basically federalizing this issue about threats against local school boards and that sort of thing. Um, you know, people are going to school board members' homes and, you know, chanting and yelling outside their houses. Uh, now, I do think that the DOJ is overstepping by saying that it's going to take a look at all this, the, these sorts of things. Um, you know, that ought to be... Uh, something for local law enforcement uh, but even still I mean when did we get to the point where instead of you know calling your elected representatives or writing them a strongly worded email um, or a letter or you know doing what we do and starting a podcast and talking about it there or, or you know building your own platform or something like that when did we get to the point where that's not good enough and we have to like go and harass these people yeah, in their private that's lives? That's a good question. I've been thinking about that a lot, and I don't know. I mean, I have some theories about, and it's something that, again, like Roger talks about, these, this epidemic of loneliness that's happening, and I'm wondering mm-hmm. if there's a tie-in to the idea that we just don't seem to understand or even care to understand each other at all and we don't really see people. Like, we're so isolated and we're so in our own. I'm not talking about just like creating this bubble but genuinely like not really even having and it's been exacerbated through the pandemic but just feeling isolated in a way that we haven't felt isolated before yeah well and Ben Sass talks about that in uh, he his second book Them Why We Hate Each Other and How to Heal about how for many people so our traditional institutions primarily the church um, but also civic clubs and organizations. Um, this was discussed last night at, at, at the Liberty Gala and, and also on last week's podcast, the, the special with Rod Rear. And it's been, you know, this, this idea has been documented for, for decades now. Uh, the, the book Bowling Alone, all these books that talk about sort of the alienation that Americans are feeling. Um, because they're not going out and joining bowling leagues or going to the Rotary Club or attending church, they're sort of filling that gap with politics. Um, right. And that's not, that's not, I don't think, a gap that politics is meant to fill. No, and I think, I mean, a lot of times you talk about how the left seems to be almost religious in their mm-hmm. um, commitment to their ideas, but I think you see the same thing, like you mentioned, on the right, where... 
there's still like we're, we're creating a community out of our political identity, which does seem to be a pretty unhealthy way to do it because at the end of the day, politics is a very subjective and kind of man-made territory to where the people who were kind of basing our community on our people. I mean, like people like Trump or Biden, those like leaders are de, de facto. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's certainly nothing transcendent about politics. Right. Um, there's something deep in, you know, following what those people are. I'm not saying what they're doing is not important. I'm not right. discounting what's happening in the political that. field, but to, to ingrain whatever it is that Trump or Biden says to be, what you base your own kind of life off of in your own community seems like a, a recipe for disaster. Yeah, well, that's, you know, I was going to say the same thing. It's not that these issues aren't important. I mean, if they weren't important, you and I wouldn't have jobs, right? Uh, you know, politics and policy and all of that it is important. It's just not ultimate. Right. And so I think it's this idea of making everything ultimate that is leading to... Uh, this problematic discourse and you know it happened here on on the local level uh last session you know we had a um, a sitting uh senator in, in the uh in the oklahoma senate who you know made some remarks about the vice president that were just inappropriate right like they just don't i don't think they have a place in or, or they shouldn't have a place in our politics um and and I like I like that senator. I mean, you know, we right. we, we get along, uh, but I just thought I thought that was ill thought out. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. And I, I know some people kind of tried to tie that into like the Trump effect. Like, yeah. uh, it's just kind of playing into what Trump does. Um, but I was going to ask you: Do you do you see politicians and political leaders as kind of a leading measure or a lagging measure? And I know that sounds kind of economical, but. Essentially, do you think who we have leading us in the political sphere is more of a reflection of who we are, or do you think that they influence where society is going, or maybe both? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't. I do think that politics probably lags culture in in some in most respects. On the other hand, it can, it can add fuel to like the fire, if that makes sense. So yeah. you know. Do do certain politicians sort of tap into an already existing, uh, you know, toxic culture? Yes. So in that in that sense, the culture preceded it. Um, but on the other hand, you can sort of you, I think you can inflame that uh, as a as a politician at times, especially because because like I said, you know, if people are replacing the transcendent with something that frankly changes you know politics and policies sort of move and change and uh, in ways that are unpredictable uh, and so that, you know that that's problematic in, in and of itself it's kind of like I mean I think the the best example of how people can be fluid in the in their in their political preferences is just the sheer number of people who voted for Bernie Sanders in like a in the primary in 2016 and then turned around and voted for Trump as well. It's like I cannot possibly find a way to to reconcile that switch other than people I think choose people they like first 
and then they adopt their policy preferences around the person. Right. And it is interesting because both those candidates, probably more than any others, were whether you approve of how they were doing it or not, were both to a degree honest of with who they were. They they seemed at least to be somewhat more authentic. Granted, you can say some of that might have been an act or not, but they weren't trying to to have this kind of polished true uh traditional political vibe, which is I think where some of this frustration in this discourse has come from. We've spent so long kind of pretending while we know that politics isn't squeaky clean, pretending as if all of our leaders are these immaculately moral individuals, which granted, I think that also points to the problem that we kind of have almost too high of a standard, or at least kind of a misguided standard when it comes to personal conduct. Not saying that we should not be holding our elected officials to high standards, but I think we let something slide that may be more important than others in terms of like image and reputation goes. Um, which I think is kind of another idea that society has on these, like, I guess to get religious in a way, like these hard sins, you know, like drinking problems and drug addiction and things like that. Whereas we kind of ignore these lesser or harder to see sins, if you will, like pride and arrogance Mm. and things that can be equally destructive to a person, but we seem to be a lot more forgiving of those things than we do things that may be easier to see. Yeah, well, and in a way, those things are more destructive, right? Because in in some ways, they're more commonplace, but they're it's really easy to see when, you know, if someone's ruining their life because of, you know, a drug addiction or whatever, like it's, like you said, it's easy to see. And so the idea that there needs to be a course correction makes sense. Um, but it's almost kind of harder to see some of the other stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I just... At the end of the day, I just kind—I of, just—I want to encourage people who listen to this podcast to to put politics in its right place. You know, like I said, it's not—it's not that it's not important; it's just not ultimate. Right. Um, you know, I don't think I'm just going to go out on a limb and say I don't think any of our listeners are the kind of people who would go out and like harass somebody in a bathroom. Sure, I would hope not. If if you if you want to do that, just don't. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. I just don't. I don't think anybody. I I think enough of our listeners to 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 believe that that they wouldn't do that, um, you know. But again, you see it on both sides. This like idea about like, well, let's find out where they live and let's go stand outside their house and and I just don't think that's appropriate. You yeah. Know? And so, you know, I don't. I, maybe we've kind of beat that horse. Yeah, Which I would. Already I think the only thing really to say, maybe for people who maybe looking for a way to, you, know, you talked about politics not being ultimate, and some people may like say, sure, but like, well, how? Like you said, a lot of people are kind of like our traditional institutions have been deteriorating when it comes to church and families and things like that. And I'm, you know, 27 years old. I'm in the midst of that kind of generation who's really experiencing what it's like to come into adulthood in a very different age where we all think we're connected when really not. We don't really mm-hmm. understand each other. I think the first place to start is just to acknowledge where we're at. I think I talked to so many of my friends and we're all in the same boat where we talk about how, how so hard it is to meet people and can, to make new friends once you leave school. And I think we're almost in denial, pretending that we're in these great relationships. We have all these friends, we have all these people we talk to. And we really don't. And I understand there's a lot of kind of 
angst when it comes to maybe traditional so like going to church which is something that i've struggled with for a long time as well just because some of the hypocrisy there that's been especially here in oklahoma which i'm not trying to maybe get into that right now but just acknowledge where we're at and it's okay to admit that we're kind of lonely and to look to each other to actually talk about real things instead of looking for kind of a quick fix on the internet yeah or a quick kind of turn turn our heads off to what's actually happening entertain ourselves and maybe address some real things with each other i know it's scary but being vulnerable is the only way to kind of deal with our problems so i don't know i don't know if that's trying to get too deep here right now but yeah, maybe a little too deep for me. I don't know. Sorry. You're, you're you're the the only you're the one of uh, you're the one who's at least attempted Dante. So maybe, <laughs> maybe that's the reason. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Like I say, every podcast people should read more. I think all our problems will be fixed. I but. do feel like we should talk about a new uh, news item. Yeah. So we got a new uh, challenger for governor. Yeah, we did this morning. Hot off the presses. Yeah, uh, Joy Hoffmeister uh, finally showing her true colors, running as a Democrat. We finally have, so at least we have a little bit of truth in advertising there. Yeah, it, it, I feel like people have been kind of saying it for a while now with the whole Rhino label and things like that. Yeah. But it, I've I've read a couple of stories, but I have I haven't actually heard her explanation for switching. Have you? Uh, no, I have not. Um, I, I I saw she did a video. Right. Um, it looked very, I mean, campaign addy to me. So I was like, I, I was, I'm gonna yeah. skip that. So that you know, that's interesting. That's been sort of a conversation this morning on social media about you know why is she doing this? Um, I saw you know Forrest Bennett jumping on that, uh, saying, "Well, you know, uh, she, basically she's adopting sort of the Democratic platform that they have the better ideas, and that's why she's doing it." Other people are saying, "Well, no, she knows she could never beat sit in a primary, so maybe maybe she could try to beat him in a general." I think that's probably much more accurate. Um, it does seem to me that Stitt is probably, um, I think he would be safe in a primary from her. It's also a lot harder. It would be, it's easier to run. So in this state, in for many positions, you've got to run as a Republican, right? And this is what we talked about a lot on the last non-Dreer podcast um, about how you really have to pay attention to to policies because there's a lot of folks running as Republicans who when they get into office they're not doing conservative things uh, and she's one of them right so um, that's a little easier to to hide when you're not the governor right when you're the governor you're out front like that's a big deal right you're, you know, you're blamed and or credited for everything whether or not it's accurate to do that but correct yeah, and there's just a bigger spotlight. Um, so, the, I mean, in many ways, if not for if not if not for us, I mean, I'm just be honest. If not for us, a lot of people wouldn't even be be paying attention to the Department of Education. Um, you know, we we tend to highlight a lot of things they're doing. You know, just this last week, or was it this last week, or at least in the last two weeks? You know, we have some scores come out about how students are faring. Um, you know, the Department of Ed is really, you know, trying to tell people that it's not that big a deal that right. you it's know, COVID only. I, like, we'll get over this. A, a couple ton of, years. of people are not, or a ton of kids are not reading at grade level. Um, just with, and also, if people haven't seen that yet, it's just about every grade. I think every grade level at every in every test, except for eleventh grade science, had scores drop. Where and mm-hmm. when we say drop, they were significant yeah. declines in test scores. 
and I get testings on everything, but it's damning when less than a quarter of students in almost every grade are not proficient at almost every subject we're evaluating. Right, right. Um, so, you know, my thought is, I think it's probably a mixture of like, in a way, this is sort of a homecoming for Troy Hoffmeister. Um, and then, you know, certainly, you know, if you want to win uh, and you're running against a governor who is very popular, you know, you prob- you're probably not going to do that in a primary. Right, yeah. I mean, it definitely seems a little bit more like a political choice um, than maybe ideal. Well, I don't know. The ideology may have already been there. Yeah, but- yeah. Well, I think... I think one of the things that Oklahomans don't like is being phony. And I think what this highlights, for, for those of us who've been paying attention, is that like we've known that she was a phony for a while, right? Because we, we actually pay attention to the school board meetings and or, uh, uh, the State Department of Ed meetings. And we kind of see what she does and, and the messaging and all of that. Um, but I just can't imagine that uh, that anybody's going to be really stoked to vote for somebody who who, who switched parties, um, even if that may have been a more appropriate designation for the last several election cycles. Right, and yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's so interesting. I almost appreciate it because it would be be helpful if more people were doing that. You know, were kind of being honest about what yeah. it is they wanted it to do. Um, it would have solved a lot of problems that we've had in the legislature the last, I think things have been getting better the last few years, but certainly during the Fallon administration, there's just a lot of, we had a massive supermajority of Republicans and yep. yet very few traditional conservative ideas were getting through. Right. Um, so. Yeah, you got you, you really got to pay attention to what people actually do once they're in office. And that's, that's one of the best things about the scorecard, the OCPA scorecard, yeah. is you can go, and look, you may not agree with everything we put on there. I mean, you know, I mean, we're not the last word on con- on conservative ideas. Um, you know, I I don't really think it's conservative to want to give away a bunch of tax dollars to the film industry, but maybe you do. <laughs> so you know, let's maybe, talk. Maybe if you <laughs> we should talk. maybe if you go and you look at a, a legislator and you see they got an eighty five and they got dinged because of. Uh, you know, because they wanted to give away a bunch of money to the film industry, and you think, okay, that's that's totally cool. Well, at least at that point, you're informed and you know. But you may have also noticed that um, you know they they opposed you know the bill that that we supported about surprise medical billing, and it's like, hmm, now that I don't I don't agree with you know that's right. So yeah, um, yeah I just think you got to pay attention. So this will be fun. This will be a It'll be interesting to watch, uh, but if, if nothing else, it's an interesting development. Yeah, certainly worth people kind of keeping an eye on to see how it develops for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, anything else? I don't think so. Been a fun episode. Love it. Subscribe and listen and all that yeah, kind of you stuff. Yeah, if you didn't get a chance to listen to the Rod Dreher one last week, uh, and especially if you, if you weren't able to make it to our event last night, definitely go check that out. I think it's worth your time. Buy his book. Buy all his books. I don't mind saying that. I think I want to read the Dante one for sure now. Yeah. I I picked up... I ordered some other books last week that are supposed to be in tomorrow, so it'll, it, it's probably low on my list at this point, but uh, 
Yeah. But yeah, Actually, they have to look after this, so it's not going to be super soon. But Okay, cool. All right, well, let's call it a day then. Yep, that's a wrap. See you.